Church, it is a joy to share this day with you. I had so much fun last week opening the doors of our church again and just being with you. It was a good day. I even lost my voice because I'm not used to teaching three times in a row, but I didn't feel bad about that at all. It felt good to teach live again and even to lose my voice doing it. I want to thank you for being here today in person. I also want to thank everybody who's watching online. Again, just a joy to share this day with you. And will you help me thank our artists for leading us in worship? It's great to have Miriam with us today. Okay, better together. In week one of this theme, we said apprenticing with Jesus calls us toward togetherness. And as we think about apprenticing, it's really about following Jesus and doing what he did. So people who follow after Jesus, people who do what he did, it draws us toward togetherness. That's what happens in an isolated, polarized, and divided world. Here's the question. What would it look like if a group of people following Jesus, if a group of people apprenticing with him, chose to live in a better together kind of way. Well, I think that would be amazing. I do. And I also believe wonderful things would happen, and this is what Jesus wants for us. So, Valley Point, let's be that kind of church, okay? Let's work towards being better together, and let's walk this journey united as one family. So that was week one. Apprenticing with Jesus calls us toward togetherness. In week two, we said this. Apprenticing with Jesus calls us to love and meet the needs of others, even when it's not convenient to me. And what we discussed is that meeting the needs of others often is not convenient at all because it doesn't fit into a nice schedule. But yet... We need to be ready to eliminate hurry, we discussed that, slow the pace a little bit so we are aware of the needs around us and we're ready to meet them even when it is inconvenient. That brings us to today and what I want us to consider is that a better together kind of church or those who are apprenticing with Jesus, intentionally choose to love people who are irritating. So I think there's something for all of us today, okay? Here's our big idea, and I would encourage you to write this down so that you can come back to it at some point in the middle of the week and just consider what God wants for us, okay? Here we go. Apprenticing with Jesus means that we will grow in our love for the irritants in our lives. Let me say that one more time, okay? Because I think we need to hear it. Again, this is for all of us. Apprenticing with Jesus means that we will need to grow in our love for the irritants in our lives. Let's get this out of the way. Do you have any irritants in your lives? Of course, it's always somebody else who's irritating, right? It's never us. It's always them. It's 
always somebody else. But I can imagine that you may have one, two, three, should I keep going? Four people perhaps who get under your skin a little bit. Maybe you would even describe one of those individuals as being an enemy. Well, guess what? Today is for us. And I say us because this is for me as well. I struggle with this. And how do we respond to the irritants in our lives? Do you remember the central ethic of Christianity? I've been talking about this for a few weeks now. The central ethic of Christianity is love. And we're generally okay with that. That sounds wonderful when it's coming my way. When I'm receiving love, we like that and we lift up that as a wonderful thing. But when I have to give this love to others, especially to those who are irritating, well, that's a whole different story. And how do we actually do that? Well, think about this for a moment. It is in loving each other including the irritants in our lives. So consider that. It is in loving each other, even the irritants, that we actually become vulnerable and open and share who we are and express need, all of which draws us to being better together. So it's in opening our hearts and being vulnerable and expressing need, even to those who are irritating around us, that we are drawn toward being better together. Let's live in this tension today, okay? And I say it's a tension because this is a really difficult thing to do. Again, we like to receive love, that's fine. We get it, we enjoy that. But giving love to irritants and being vulnerable with them and opening our hearts, That's a whole different thing and a big tension. So let's live in it for a bit, okay? With your Bible or your device, I want you to find Romans chapter 12. I will begin reading in just a moment with verse 9 all the way through verse 16. We've already had the opening verses of this great chapter read to us, and that kind of sets the tone for what we discover in verses 9 through 16. So while you're finding Romans chapter 12, let me give you some context about what we will discover. Romans is a New Testament book. It was written by the Apostle Paul in approximately A.D. 57. A lot of scholars believe that this is his greatest work, which is really saying something. Because when you think about the Apostle Paul, he wrote a lot of books and letters in the New Testament. But again, a lot of people think this is his greatest work, and here's why. It's because it has a lot of deep theology in the book. A lot of deep theology. But beyond being a book about God and about theology... I believe what you discover when you walk through all of these great chapters in the book of Romans is that Paul throws out a lot of practical exhortation for us as well. So a lot of theology about God and who he is and how, we, how he functions and how we can know him and love him and serve him, right? That's all there. 
but there's also a lot of practical exhortation. And here's what I mean by that. The good news of Jesus Christ, okay, think about this. The good news about Jesus Christ is more than just a bunch of facts to be believed. Now, that's part of it, facts and truth about Jesus. But the good news is more than just a bunch of facts. It is a life to live. All right, the good news of Jesus, more than just a bunch of facts, it is actually a life to be lived. And what we discover in Romans chapter 12 is that this life we are called to live and invited to live involves this. Get along with each other, okay? Can you do that, you followers of Jesus, you apprentices? Like, just get along with other people and love them. Again, love being the central ethic of Christianity. So get along with other people and learn to love them. This is what we see right away in verse 9. Here's how it begins. Meet me in Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, well, here's what you need to do. Be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Don't think you know it all. Okay, there are two key thoughts that fall right out of Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. And it's important that we understand these two key thoughts because they help us get everything that comes after it. So here we go. If love is the central ethic, if we're supposed to love those who are irritating around us, if this is what apprentices, those who follow Jesus, are called to do, here's a couple of key thoughts. Number one, don't just pretend to love others. Really or actually love them. And that's what verse 9 tells us to do. Don't just pretend. And by the way, this word pretend is very dynamic in the text. It means be genuine. Be sincere. Be without hypocrisy. So don't fake it in your love with other people. No, really love them. Now, I want to pause there and say, that seems like a really nice statement. Doesn't it? Don't pretend. Don't be fake in your love for other people. Really love them. And I think most of us would say, okay, I kind of get that. Again, it's a nice statement. We should put it on the wall somewhere and look at it constantly. But this becomes really challenging when we think about the irritants in our lives. And so perhaps the question to follow that with is how? 
If I'm supposed to really love people and not be fake in doing that, not pretend, if I'm supposed to be without hypocrisy when it comes to my love for people, including those who are irritating around me, then how do I do that? And here's the second key thought. Hate what is wrong. This is right from verse 9. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now, here's what I love about Scripture. Whenever it tells us to stop doing something or set this to the side or this isn't a great idea or put this off, it always tells us what to put on in its place. And that's this second key thought here. Let go of that which is evil or hatred and instead hold tightly to what is good. So there is a responsibility on me here to do something when it comes to the irritants in my life. Now, this doesn't excuse irritating people from being irritating at all, but there is a responsibility that we all have if we're going to live with them and not just pretend to love people, but really love them, then I have to hate what is wrong. I have to release that. And then I need to hold on to what is good. As I was studying this and doing some research, my question was, okay, that sounds wonderful to me. What is good? What is good? If I'm supposed to let go of that which is evil and hold on to what is good, that's kind of a broad term. What do you do with that and what is actually good? And we could all probably come up with a list and that would probably work. But here's what Paul does in the text that is absolutely masterful. He defines good for us. He tells us, okay, let go of evil. Don't pretend. I want you to be without hypocrisy as you think about loving other people, including those who are irritating. Now I'm going to tell you how to hang on to what is good. And in doing that, I think we'll be able to love the people around us the way God wants us to. And we'll be apprenticing with Jesus in pretty spectacular ways. So do you want to know how to do good and love irritating people around us? Well, Paul gives us 10 items. Are you ready? Let's fly through this. 10 items from the Apostle Paul right out of Romans chapter 12. Here we go. Number one, it's the word love. This should not be a surprise to us. If we're going to hang on to what is good, what's good? Well, love is good. And that's what verse 10 tells us. The word love here comes from the Greek word, and this should be familiar to all of us, Philadelphia. So love this way, love Philadelphia or phileos. It has the idea of brotherly love. And then it goes on to say, love each other, have this brotherly love with genuine affection. The language of genuine affection captures family affection. So as we think about doing what is good, brotherly love, family affection toward each other, including those who are really irritating. One of the best books that I have read recently on spiritual formation and how we interact with other people is by a guy named Robert Mulholland Jr. And the name of the book is called The Deeper Journey. And he has something to say about our demonstration of our love for Christ as it's lived out 
in how we love other people. And I want you to hear this. Here's what Mulholland states. The place where we live out our relationship of loving union with God. All right, so here's how we live out our friendship with God. It's not in the quiet of our prayer closet, but in our relationships with one another. Here is where we put to death the manipulative, coercive, controlling dynamics of the false self. It's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul begins this list of hanging on to what is good with love as a demonstration of our love for God and how it's lived out with the people around us, especially those who are irritating. The call here is to have brotherly love, to have family affection for all people. It is the central ethic of Christianity, love, and we are to love our brothers and sisters in community with each other. That's the call here. So number one is love, top of the list. Number two, Take delight in honoring each other. That's what verse 10 tells us, which would have been shocking for people who would have read this from Paul. Keep in mind, this was written in an ancient context, and honor was something that you earned. Honor was something that you even competed for or took from other people so that you had it. So Paul is flipping the situation here a little bit and saying, I don't want you to worry about your own honor, even though that's part of our culture. You take delight in honoring other people. Give that to them, even the irritants in our lives. That was shocking in Paul's day. I still think that's shocking in our modern culture, don't you think? Take delight in giving honor to other people. This is how we implement good. Okay, number three, serve the Lord enthusiastically, with energy, with zip, right? We could say, serve the Lord enthusiastically. We find that in verse 11. And this one is kind of strange to me because it doesn't seem to fit. We're thinking about doing good, right? So here's how we act with the irritants in our lives. We love them. Brotherly love, family, affection. Okay, that's hard, but I can work on that. Now I'm going to take delight in giving honor to other people. Okay, that's a hard thing, but I can work on that. Now serve the Lord enthusiastically? It doesn't seem to fit. Like that's a focus on me and what I should be doing. And I think that's exactly what Paul wanted here. See, the challenge is to be fervent in serving the Lord. And the language here has the picture of boiling water. So think of boiling water and not as in rage or as in anger, but boiling as in ready to serve God enthusiastically because this is how we build hope in our lives and this is how we express love outwardly. So this is somewhat of a way to approach loving the irritants that gives us an outlet. Okay, loving people, brotherly affection, family affection, brotherly love, that's hard. Giving honor to other people, that's really difficult. But if I can get in this lane where I am serving the Lord fervently, like boiling water, if I'm enthusiastic in my service for God, well, that brings hope to others, including the irritants. 
and this also builds hope into my life. So this is like an outlet for us, which I think is beautiful. Love people, take delight in honoring others. Oh, and don't forget, you, in the midst of this, serve God enthusiastically. Be fervent about it. Okay, number four. Be patient in trouble. That's what verse 12 tells us. Oh boy, that's a hard one, so let's just move on. Number five, here we go. Keep on praying. All right, verse 12. And we're going to come back to thinking about praying because this is the only item in the list of 10 that is mentioned twice, which gives some importance to it. So we'll come back to keep on praying. Number six, be ready to help. And we're given a practical way to do that in verse 13 by practicing hospitality. See, hospitality is a gift. And I think Paul encouraged this because when we practice hospitality with others, it heals as well. So that's why it's part of the list. Be ready to help, and the practical way to do that is through hospitality. Number seven, bless those who persecute you. What? But that's what verse 14 tells us. Bless those who persecute you. And then we're given two ways to do that. Don't curse them. And then we're told pray for them. And that's where prayer makes a comeback. And we're reminded to do that once again. So bless those who are irritating and may go even beyond irritation and actually persecute us. We're to bless them. And here's how we do it. Don't curse. Don't curse them. And pray for them. See, there's something about praying for the irritants. There's something about praying for those who may cause harm to us that softens our heart a little bit before God and then kind of leaves the case to God, which is what he invites us to do. And we see that at the end of Romans chapter 12. So bless those who persecute you. Almost impossible to pull off if we don't take these two steps of not cursing and then lift this individual up in prayer. I would encourage you to give that a shot and see what God does in your heart. Okay, number eight, laugh and cry. Laugh with those who laugh. Weep with those who weep. That's a biblical concept. And if your irritant receives good news, rejoice with them. Laugh with them. That's a great thing. If they're weeping because of something that's happened in their life, well, then weep with them. Laugh with those who laugh and weep with those who weep. Number nine, live in harmony. Verse 16 tells us to do that, and this has the idea of seek to understand. Right so often, the irritants in our lives, we actually just don't understand them or haven't taken time to do that. So the challenge here is live in harmony. Seek to understand what's happening on the other side. And then finally, number 10, hubris, pride. Forget about it, okay? That's what we find in verse 16. Live in harmony, seek to understand each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Oh, and don't think you know it all. So hubris, pride, just forget about it. Forget about it. Now, we are talking about irritating people. And I think God wants us to be thinking about these individuals a little bit today because the Apostle Paul has given us a great template 
for how to put aside that which is not good for us and not good for others and to hold on to what is good. And as you apprentice with Jesus, as you do what he did, as you follow him, well, here are 10 steps that we can take. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Find one or two of these as you consider the irritants in your life. Because implementing 10 things is really hard, almost impossible. So I would encourage you to find one or two of these that jumped into your heart as we discussed them and begin to work through these in your life throughout the week. And let's just see what God does, okay? Now, I understand there are some situations where irritation moves to abuse. And if you find yourself in that kind of situation, remove yourself from the abuse. That's a really important step to take. And then seek wise counsel. People who can speak goodness into your life. And if you need any help and support with that, please contact our church office. We have resources that we can share with you. Okay? I have one takeaway. Here it is. Become love. As we think about apprenticing with Jesus, become love. To the irritants in your life, become love. To the people who are really good to you, become love to them as well. As you approach this week, put these two words into your mind. Become love. Become love. Become love. The central ethic of Christianity. Become love. Bob Goff wrote a book called Everybody Always. And it's a book that focuses on loving everyone always. And I just want to read something to you from this because it captures the concept of becoming love. Here's what Bob Goff says. I've met a lot of people who say they're waiting for God to give them a plan for their lives. They talk about this plan like it's a treasure map, map that God has folded up in his back pocket. People who want a reason to delay often wait for plans. People who are becoming love don't. It's almost as if Jesus knew we'd invent excuses under the guise of waiting for his plan, so he made it simple for us. He said his plan for all of us was to love him and then find people who are hungry or thirsty or who feel like strangers or are sick or don't have clothes or are in prison or creep us out or are our enemies and go love them just like they were him. Become love. Become love. Back to the big idea one more time. Apprenticing with Jesus. Doing what Jesus did and following after him means that we will need to grow in our love for the irritants in our lives. May God give us the courage and the strength to pursue that throughout this week and become love. Father, we step into your presence and are so thankful for a little bit of time to think about these words the Apostle Paul penned so many years ago from Romans chapter 12 that described for us 
how apprentices, people following Jesus, should care for others and treat others. Loving other people can be a really difficult thing. We want to acknowledge that. But yet throughout Scripture, you constantly call us back to loving the unlovable, to serving those on the margins, to give brotherly love and family affection to those who are pushed to the fringes of culture. And God, to do those things as well for the people in our lives that we sometimes just push out because it's too much, it's too hard, they're too irritating, they don't get it. God, I pray for all of us today that you would just call us back to not giving up on those individuals. Help us not to give up on the irritants in our lives as much as we may want to. And while we establish boundaries and safety measures in dealing with others, help us to take this list from Romans chapter 12, these 10 items, and just grab a couple of things and implement them in our lives. God, I think this is what you want for us. And if we're going to be a better together kind of church, if we're going to function that way, then we have to step up into this. God, my confession to you is I often allow the irritants to overwhelm and I push them away and seek to ignore them. And I don't pray for them. I don't seek to understand. So would you help me this week as I walk through this. And God, I pray that over everyone in this room and everyone watching as well, that we would confess whatever it is we need to confess to you and then just prepare to take this template that the Apostle Paul has given to us and faithfully step into these things, knowing that we will be a better together kind of faith community as we do this. So help us now, we do pray in Jesus' name.